Hello and welcome to Permanently Resident, a podcast about the ups and downs of living abroad. My name is Robin, I'm from Brighton, England, and I'm living in Richmond, California. Hey, it's Jose from Simi Valley, California, and I'm living in Tokyo. So, today's episode is episode 10 of Permanently Resident. Today we're talking about dating, cross-culturally, part number one. And this uh, this week we will give our male perspective on dating cross-culturally. And next week we're going to have a couple of guests to uh, balance things out a little bit. Uh, and we're going to have two uh, lovely ladies joining us for part two next week. So, uh, as I said, we're going to talk about uh, some of the ups and downs of dating cross-culturally. Uh, so, Jose, who are you dating at the moment? Yeah, I'm, I'm dating Akari. We've been going out for about four years. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I, I also coincidentally uh, dating a lovely Japanese woman, Megumi. Uh, we've been dating around six months now. So we picked out we picked out a few areas where you know maybe some there are some cultural differences and some things that have tripped us up a little bit. Um, so let's start. Jose mentioned there's a big difference he's found between uh, arguments and then ultimately forgiveness. So what yeah. would you say is a big difference there? Well, I, I mean, Robin, don't you think like in Western culture, specifically maybe Britain and uh, America? it's very natural for couples to just argue. Does it, do you consider that to be a natural thing? Yeah, I think it's, it's obviously considered to be undesirable, but mm -hmm. I think it's just people accept it as the natural course of a relationship. You're in a relationship, of course, you're going to argue. So of course in Japan, you know, people argue, I argue with Akari, uh, Japanese couples argue. Uh, but I think the the difference that I can draw out is um, I think words words are a bit more dangerous in Japan. Maybe if you say something very hurtful, maybe if you say something a bit too strong, um, you know, it can really damage a relationship. But I think in in the Western world, you know, we argue, we say some things, we get heated, but you know, we, we come back together at the end and, you know, say, I didn't mean that. And, you know, things usually can return back to normal. So it's interesting. It's interesting that you say that. Mm -hmm. How, how much do you think that's really true in Western culture though? Because mm -hmm. I know what you're talking about and there's this, I guess, a culture of forgiveness and redemption that, you you suggested to me before we before we started recording perhaps is related to the judeo-christian tradition of mm -hmm. um you know how we ask and how we give forgiveness i, th I feel like often in relationships in the west though that that's just mm -hmm. a bit of a fallacy and we pretend that we forgive each other but really it's just the resentment just builds up and builds up over the time yeah, yeah, that could be true. The resentment could build up and, um, you know, it'll obviously have devastating consequences in the end if you don't, if you don't face it. Um, I just take an example, like I, ha I had a buddy, a British friend, and he told me, you know, he was sleeping on the couch and with the air conditioning on, right? And his wife came home and like shut it off. 
And I don't know, maybe he was in a bad mood. Maybe he was too hot. And he said, don't fucking shut off the air conditioning, right? And maybe a week later, she was gone with the kid. Now, obviously, it's not going to come down to this one incident because there, there has to be a, a long history of maybe disagreements or unhappiness that led to this kind of split. But, you know, maybe in a, a Western couple, there'd be an argument, there'd be a fight, maybe it'd get resolved the same night. But maybe just my perspective is a Japanese person, not in every case, but in this case, internalized it, uh, was hurt deeply and made a life-changing decision off words. So I wonder, do words have more power here in a way? Perhaps, I mean, in the example you've just given, it seems like that could not possibly have been the only situation and- No, 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 yeah, exactly. That was, you know, perhaps the final straw or perhaps what he said wasn't even relevant. Maybe she was thinking about leaving anyway. Um, (laughs) Could have been. So what's the, what's the strategy in a relationship between a ja- two Japanese people? Or what's the expectation of a Japanese person who's dating a non-Japanese person? Is it that you would reserve those words only for the most extreme situations? Well, I, I don't know about in between Japanese couples, but as far as uh, myself, I think I'm more careful with my words and I'm more careful with uh, what I say even during arguments, because, you know, I know there's a deep, perhaps a deep sensitivity level. And uh, there's not that tradition of uh, forgiveness, like, I'm going to come back later and say, I didn't mean to say that I'm really sorry, because maybe it's what I'll get back is no, you said what you meant. So what's so you're saying that once you say something like that, there's often no way back. I feel like, yeah, if you say something uh, very strong, there could be a possibility. There's there's no way back from it. Um, there could be no forgiveness in the end, and I think that's that's very different because you mentioned we have this kind of Christian tradition of a forgiveness. And uh, where basically, what, if, if you're a Christian, you can pretty much do anything under the sun and you can come back and ask for forgiveness, right? And that includes like, you know, murder, it includes like stealing lots of money, it includes hitting somebody, like that, that is written into like Christian tradition, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so which, one, which one do you think is healthier then? Um... Mm. which one works which one works better in your experience um you know i don't mind i don't mind the way it exists in japan in in the aspect of a relationship because yeah maybe it's better to be a little bit more careful with our words and to think twice before we we lose our tempers and get in an argument and maybe say some things we regret but but I wish that if a mistake was made and maybe we said something that was a bit too much, that, you know, this culture of uh, forgiveness would exist. Because, you know, everyone does make mistakes, right? Yeah, I mean, without knowing enough about, mm-hmm. without knowing enough about that way of, of being, I feel like, mm-hmm. whether that's in a romantic relationship or with family or friends, Sometimes I, 
you know, those kind of situations are a way to let off steam or express emotions that have been bottled up for a period of time. And not always, but sometimes those kind of situations can can be a good way to reset a relationship or um, express something that we need to express that we wouldn't otherwise say. Um, so I'm not saying that it's healthy to do it that way, yeah. but I can definitely see how the opposite could be extremely harmful if you're constantly pretending mm -hmm. everything's okay and bottling everything up. Um, you know, I mean, maybe that's something of a stereotype of, uh, of Japanese people, but yeah. Um, I can definitely see how that could lead to very negative consequences, both personally and for the relationship that you're in. And I think you, I think you really hit on it right now because I, I would guess the default of most Japanese couples is when, when things are, are going not well and there's problems, perhaps uh, <clears throat> the default reaction is uh, some kind of passive aggressiveness or some kind of silence, mm -hmm. and not the, you know, outspoken, aggressive uh, argument. That's probably more of a last resort, right? Where I think may, perhaps Western couples might go to that quickly. Like, what's wrong? What's the matter? Just, just tell me. And then you start to get into it, right? Well, maybe a good, maybe a good place to bring this, mm -hmm. uh, this, this uh, topic to an end is coming back to the example you gave about your friend. Mm -hmm. the, the woman in that relationship didn't express how she felt. She didn't uh say what was wrong mm -hmm. she just left right exactly exactly so moving on a little bit yeah. this is something that megumi and i talked about um i think last weekend mm -hmm. uh which was about social circles and oh. how um in japanese society the way that the boyfriend or girlfriend uh, socializes with their significant others, family and friends mm -hmm. is very, is very different. Right. So in the United States, you know, it's almost a cliche, right? The, yeah. the young woman or young man introduces the uh, new lover or new significant other to their friends after a few dates. <laughs> it's almost, it's almost like a rite of passage, right? It's a, it's a test for the new, for the new partner. Uh -huh, do, you, uh -huh. do you get along with my friends? And if they do, then that's a big plus, right? And if they don't, yeah. well, sometimes that can end the relationship. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. And um, so you, you're reminding me of something here in Japan. And I think, I think Japanese people tend to become boyfriend and girlfriend a bit quicker than people in the West. And that could have something to do with it. Because if you just go out with someone two or three times and you decide let's let's be a couple then to go to the next stage to meet the friends is, is much too quick right in the west what would you say what is a what is the usual amount of time before people decide to okay we're an official couple uh well it's difficult to say isn't it some people jump in very quickly but i'd say mm -hmm somewhere between four to eight weeks, you know, one to two months, maybe yeah. that, that would seem reasonable to me. I mean, you might, you might go on one or two dates per week. And then after you've seen each other a good number of times, maybe five to 10 times, and you know, if things are going well, you might think about stunning relationships. So 
But wouldn't yeah. you say wouldn't you say that there's a lot of gray zone in the West? So like, oh yeah, we've been seeing each other for four or five months. Oh, is she your girlfriend? No, we're just dating. We're meeting. Like, don't you think that kind of gray zone really exists? Though? Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. okay, that's not something that I've really experienced personally. I feel like uh-huh. I don't. In my mind, there's there's not much there's not much doubt. I mean. Mm-hmm if I've dated someone for one to two months, that's, that's sufficient for me to know whether I want to have a relationship with them or not. If I'm, if I'm dating five or six months and I still don't know, that's probably a red flag for me anyway. Yeah. So I think in Japan, uh, you know, I've talked to some people and I think that kind of gray zone of we're dating, we're, we're just going out for like an extended period of time doesn't exist. So it's like, we've gone out like three times. Okay. She's my boyfriend. He's my girlfriend. Or we stop contact at that point. And I think in the West, these things are more unclear, right? Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely not as much black and white. Mm-hmm. So how how does that relate to introducing somebody to your friends then? I think it relates to it because even though a Japanese person might become a couple with somebody it was done really quick so even though they are officially boyfriend and girlfriend still they're into like the first month of dating perhaps right so compare that to a western person who's in the gray zone for five or six months perhaps that person's much more comfortable to say hey i'm gonna get some drinks with friends you want to come Perhaps um, I think the way that the way that Megumi described to me was that often people in Japan have quite a lot of social anxiety about meeting new people and introduce you know introducing a new person to a well-established group of of friends, yeah. and so for that reason, not only do they keep their boyfriend or girlfriend separate from their friend groups, but they have very clearly defined friendship groups as well. And they, those friendship groups don't do not mix with each other. Like my work friends, these are my university friends. Uh, these are my elementary school friends, and exactly. I'm going to go to all these meetings just with them. And I'm not. I'm never going to have this big powwow where they all can mingle. Exactly. So, you know, for me, for me, that's certainly true. I have friends that I've met in certain places but they're not in such defined characters. There's, there's fluidity there and sometimes they meet each other and sometimes they get along well and sometimes they don't. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think there's, there's a certain, you know, if I have two people that I care about and I like Mm -hmm. spending time with then, and I think they would like each other, then of course I want to test to see if that works. So what do you think? What about you? And what about you and Akari? Have you, have you met her friends? Uh, yeah, very, so I've known her for more than four years, and it's it's been really limited. It's been like two or three friends. Okay. So I, I definitely see what you're saying, and it's pretty much true. Um, me, on the other hand, I'm I'm very like energetic to like or excited to introduce her to some friend. Like, hey, you should come. Um, I'm gonna meet a few people here. You know, okay. I want I want her to hang out and meet them, but she's quite apprehensive about it usually and 
you know, she says like, is it okay to meet your work friends? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, or is it okay to meet your MBA friends? I have no connection to them. I'm like, yeah, you don't, you don't have a connection to them, but I, I'm your connection. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, so, I mean, I haven't been in that situation. So I think maybe what, what confuses me a little bit is that sometimes you need you know in a romantic relationships yes. you know you've got plenty of jokes about the third wheel blah 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 but sometimes you need you need that uh in a relationship to give things a little bit more dy dynamism if it's just you two all of the time you're at the cinema together you're at home together you go to the park together you go to the supermarket together and there's never anybody else yeah that could get quite stale. You know, sometimes it's nice to have somebody else or multiple people and that's a different dynamic. And that, that brings out a different side of your personality, a different side of your relationship. right? For sure. And for me, it's like pulling teeth, trying to make those situations happen. Um, I totally respect and I understand Akari's perspective, but from my perspective, I definitely think those kinds of situations are exciting. They're interesting. As you said, they bring out a, a different uh, dynamic. Um, and then like, I have a buddy, um, you know, he's living in Japan. His name's Wes, he's a good guy. We all, we, we've been friends for years. And he's, he's living and dating a Japanese girl too. And I often try to get him to come out and meet like, hey, bring your girlfriend, I'll bring Akari. And that we've done it like once in a year. It's so hard to coordinate. Like, I think, I think just because Akari and probably his girlfriend are probably really apprehensive about it, it it's only happened a couple of times, right? And that's really unfortunate because I think those situations are cool. Like, you can go to the park, you can have a picnic, uh, you know, all that stuff. So, if I were in Japan, Akari wouldn't want to meet me. Nah, she'd be okay. Uh, she'd be cool with it. And, and Megumi would be cool with it, right? Meaning Akari? I think so. She's, she said she's dying to meet you in person. So, <laughs> Oh, really? Megumi's dying to meet me in person? <laughs> well, I might have exaggerated a little bit on that one. Um, anyway, another, another point that we also mentioned was uh -huh. gender roles and more defined gender roles. So, okay. I imagine that there tends to be more defined gender roles in relationships in Japan. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it's a, the typical image of the salary man working hard and the woman who joins the company, Oh, they met in the company. Now they're married. So she's going to quit her job around age 27, 28, bye bye to her career. And she's going to raise a family and the gender roles are set. Now, is this true of every couple? No but it is true of a lot. What about your relationship then? Does that have clearly defined gender roles? Well, she makes more money <laughs> than me, so no, it's not, it's not like that. Nah, but it's not just about money, is it? Uh, I, may, maybe if I made enough money, it could go down that road <laughs> to a more, a more defined uh, role, right? But no, I think it's cool when two people work because... You know, don't you think it's boring to be at home all the time? Uh, well, I have been for the last four or five months, and uh, yeah, it's not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what about you? If if you got if you uh, got married 
in the future, would you want to work at the same time or would you want one person to work and one person to stay at home? Um, I don't think I have a really uh -huh. strong preference. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that kids can benefit from having one or even both of their parents home more often. Mm -hmm. from from my perspective that doesn't have to be the 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 mother it could be the father mm. and if there were a situation where i could be a stay-at-home father then sure i'd be open to to do that i don't know how well i'd get on with that and if i'd really enjoy it but mm -hmm. i'd be open to entertaining that um but yeah i think it's important to have have more balance i don't think that's stereotypical um family where the the man's at the office all the time and mm -hmm. working overtime and barely sees the kids mm -hmm. and then the mother's at home or even both of the parents being working hard and always working overtime and barely seeing the kids i don't think that's really very healthy um yes but but that's not i mean i'm not interested in finding a relationship with traditional gender roles that's not something that interests me okay got it so I think we were also going to mention uh, some of the some of the lighter side differences about dating cross culturally, right? Yeah, you want to mention some specific thing about Japanese things, or you want to talk about uh, more general cross cultural dating? Uh, yeah. So most of my experiences in Japan. So I don't know if you know it, but like in in Japanese relationships and marriages. I think there's there tends to be a tendency to start sleeping in separate rooms or definitely separate beds, especially if you have kids. It's almost like a hundred percent. Like the woman, okay. the woman will sleep in a room with the baby or the child, and you will be sleeping in a room off on your own. I think that's really different than the West, right? Where basically, if you're married, you're sleeping in the same bed for life, right? What do you think about that? Uh, I think it can cut both ways. I think mm -hmm. sleeping in the same bed creates a certain amount of intimacy and that can be good for mm -hmm. um, maintaining a good relationship. And I don't necessarily just mean sexual intimacy, but, mm -hmm. um, okay. but equally, you know, I think it can be healthy to sleep separately sometimes too. I mean, you, you can't have the expectation that your routines are going to stay the same yeah. or that you should sleep in the same bed as someone else. If they're a heavy snorer, just because you're married, you have to sleep in the same bed. Okay. But uh, how about getting kicked out of the room for three years until the, the kids with toddler? Oh, is that, is that a common practice? Yeah. I think you're misunderstanding. <laughs> uh okay uh i mean it, i think it would have to be a mutual decision if if i was just kicked out then uh i might not be too happy about that but if it's something that we agreed was a good option then i, I don't see why not <laughs> all right all right how about you do you have any any uh cross-cultural stuff cross -cultural? i think i think you know different attitudes about cleanliness um, oh, don't get me started there. <laughs> is one of those. I mean, I don't, I don't like to live in a dirty, uh, dirty place. But equally, I do have several things that are higher on my priorities list than cleaning. So, 
Um, I try to address those first, whereas it does seem that, um, you know, for other, some other cultures, cleaning is almost always the number one priority. You're in my uh, world now. You're in my world. <laughs> so I, uh, I have another friend uh, who who is going to get married to a Japanese woman, actually, and he was telling me about how she uses a lint roller on the floor, yeah, which yeah. just, I mean, apparently that's quite common, but that just, I couldn't believe it when I first heard it. Well, what are you, I mean, you're picking up dust? What are you doing with a lint roller? I guess picking up dust off the floor, all the small particles that you don't really see when you're just oh, yeah. walking there. Oh, yeah, a curry does, uh, does that all the time. That's normal. Sure, but I've never. Uh, Same bad eye at that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so she's she's co-opted you. Um, well, I don't do it. I just watch her doing it, so it's fine. So I think you know there tends to be in Japanese culture, from what I can see, very strict ideas about very strict rules about a lot of different things. Like you must take off your shoes when you go through the go through the door. Now, I normally take off my shoes when I'm inside, but. Mm-hmm. sometimes I don't if I uh, if I get home and I uh, mm. I'm gonna go out again in five minutes then uh, I just leave my shoes on or if I really need to go to the bathroom or if I come back and I've forgotten something then uh, I'll just leave my shoes on it's not a big deal so I think it seems to me that uh, maybe there's a little bit more flexibility yes uh, and willingness to break small rules that often don't make sense there's that yeah, there's I mean, that, whereas in Japan or for Japanese people, it seems like maybe there's an unwillingness to break rules. There's there's a lot of things negotiable in cross cultural dating, but I think if you live with a Japanese person, you're gonna have to get go towards their level as far as what they want in a, mm. a cleanliness standpoint. I don't think that's a very negotiable thing. Um, other things perhaps, but not that one. Um, yeah, dude, like I, I put, I don't know, I put the glass in the sink after I drank something and like, oh, you didn't put water in the glass. I'm like, okay, okay, sorry. Like, <laughs> I forgot to, you know, let it sit with some water in it. Yeah, I understand the concept. It's going to be easier to clean later, but you thought I would have killed somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah. What well, I mean, one thing I joke about with Megumi sometimes is yeah. we'll cook dinner. Yeah. And I know that she really wants to do the washing up. Oh, okay. Uh, right, but then, some, right, right then, not even after you eat, this is ready, right? <laughs> yeah. So sometimes we'll sit down to dinner and she'll start doing the washing up halfway through halfway through eating. Yeah. Uh, you just want to enjoy dinner, right? Like you just want to so, relax. So okay, well let's let's finish dinner first at least. But you know, it's if that's you know, if that's a pressing issue for her then then that's fine as long as she doesn't force me to do washing up halfway through dinner. Oh man, like like we'll we'll finish dinner right, and we'll be at the table, and we're I'm just drinking a beer after dinner, watching some news, and like I'm looking over at Akari, and like she looks like something's up. I'm like, you want to do the dishes? <laughs> you know, we're like waiting for it. It's a very exciting activity, so I can understand. Um, so, I mean, let's talk a little bit more broadly. I mean, I sure, sure, sure. I don't know about you. I mean, I, I dated people from uh-huh. several different countries. Yeah. Um, how many? Maybe five, five or 
I can't even remember now. Five or six. So James Bond out here. I don't know about that. But uh, so what? I mean, what do you think? I mean, what are the pros and what are the cons of of dating someone from a different culture, a different country? Yeah, yeah. You say? Would you say overall it's a good thing, or or the all the pros outweigh the cons? Yeah, con is obviously the language. If you if uh, the language, if you guys speak a different language, um, it takes more time and effort to to explain things, or to, especially when you're talking deeply. You know, sometimes okay, wait, let me get the dictionary, or or oh, how can I say this? Or like, if you use the EDM, it just doesn't flow well. So that takes a lot of effort. Um, personally, I've I've not got tired. And I really appreciate Akari because I, she's the one talking English. I'm not, she's not, I'm not having to go over to her world mm. in Japanese. So that in itself is a huge thing. Right. And I'm thankful for that. But uh, yeah. language, language can be a challenge. And if you're not close, if your relationship is not tight, I think uh, language can cause fatigue and, and break people up. Mm. I'd say, I'd say also, it's not just language, although mm-hmm. it's more about communication styles as well, because, yeah. you know, I've dated a couple of Americans and we speak the same language, supposedly. Um, but often we've had communication issues just because the way that British people and American people communicate uh, are different. Um, yeah, for example? Well, I mean, for example... Mm-hmm. sarcasm in british english is normally quite flat and without too much intonation yeah uh, and sometimes that's lost on americans whereas american sarcasm tends to be very very strong with strong inflection um yeah it's yeah. almost like you're expecting to hear a laughter track when you're talking to to someone you know what i mean um <laughs> or just a, just a level of enthusiasm i think uh-huh. um you know, if if someone if someone's here says that's great, uh-huh. then uh, that's not showing too much enthusiasm. It's enthusiasm. If a British person says that's great, mm-hmm. that's a completely different proposition. You know? Yeah, I see. Yeah, so communication is is also a problem, not only language. Yeah, I think another mm-hmm. um, another thing that you know is related to that and communication too is often limited shared cultural experiences so that might be music children's mm-hmm. television programs um yeah. celebrities um you know politics you know all of those things there's no mm-hmm. sometimes there's only limited a limited number of things that you have in common so like can be different difficult to relate to somebody else's childhood i think especially and understand how how they grew up and how they felt about that yeah yeah definitely um i've I've noticed that like whenever i i see things with a lot of pop cultural references um like i'll hear a song i'll be like oh that's a top gun song and like what's top gun (laughs) like what (laughs) what's top gun you don't know what top gun is so there's there's a lot of that going on and um 
but it's also interesting though because then you get a chance to show someone something for the first time right like yeah you get to introduce them like like we watched me and akari akari and i we watched jaws for the first time and uh yeah yeah i thought it was pretty good she said oh it's okay i was like well you know like you know so it's it's hit and miss though if, if she'll she'll agree it's a classic or not but <laughs> so yeah i think i think you've hit on something there often mm-hmm. it can you know it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship but sharing those things can feel fresh and exciting and Mm-hmm. If you're, if you yourself are discovering something and also leading a journey of discovery for somebody else, like that's, that can be very enjoyable. Mm. Sometimes that can fall a little bit flat though. Like if you share something that's really near and dear to you and something that means a lot to you and the other person just doesn't get it. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it cuts both ways. Right. Cause then Akari will be like, Oh, do you know Doraemon? And like, I'm like, uh, yeah, I kind of, I know who he is, but I didn't really watch yeah. the show. And like, do you know Doraemon, for example? I mean, I think it's similar, similar to you. Like I, I can picture the yeah. character in my head, right? But I don't, I'm not, I don't feel anything when I think of that. I don't think, I don't, there are no happy childhood memories related to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nostalgia, yeah. So... But I think, you know, maybe the another kind of interesting thing that I found is and related to the fact that there are sometimes little shared cultural experiences and cultural value, values is that it's almost like a blank slate, right? I mean, when you when you're dating an American or I'm dating a British person or even forming a friendship with uh, somebody of the same culture, like there's often quite a lot of cultural baggage and specific mm-hmm. expectations simply because they, mm-hmm. you know, they fit your behavior into a framework that they've known their whole lives. Right. Yes. But with someone from another culture, you can't, they can't apply their expectations to you. Or well, you know, sometimes they do and it obviously does, doesn't work and you can't apply you, your expectations to them too. So that can be nice to kind of yes. establish that relationship where you don't have all of this cultural baggage that's weighing you down. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about you know, my experience. If you meet someone in Britain, whatever situation in when you're, whether you're, an acquaintance you're meeting a friend's friend a job interview you're going on a date Mm -hmm. that person's also always going to place you very quickly into your Mm -hmm. socioeconomic class Mm. Uh, and often that just makes me feel very boxed in Mm. and if i meet you know a japanese person they've got no idea about that they can't they can't box me in like that. They can't place me mm-hmm. in terms of my cultural background. Mm. And that's, that's often very refreshing and freeing as well. I see. So could I ask you then, what is the, if you could lay out, you know, what, what is one of the best things about dating a Japanese person? Cause I'm sure about half our listeners are from Japan. So they'd love to hear your answer on this. <laughs> Well, I mean, I only have I only have one ex- one experience, right? So, I think maybe 
Mm -hmm. how, how can I put this? I mean, go, going back to, I think there's a certain level of, of mm -hmm. stability that is very healthy. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, especially dating a Western, a Western person, often it can be quite up and down. Um, emotionally uh, and you know if we go back to what we first we talked about first which was arguments yes you know those arguments can can cause quite a lot of ups and downs in the relationship so i think mm. I, I i don't i don't want to generalize and say that that's how japanese people are but that's how um that's been my experience in this one instance and i think that's that's very healthy yeah, I totally agree with that point. Um, so what about uh, the biggest challenge that's, that's been there for you so far? In dating a, dating a Japanese person. Um, and, and please remember, Megumi's probably listening at some point. <laughs> I don't think there have been any really significant challenges. I think one thing that I have seen other people stumble with a little bit uh -huh. um, not just with uh, dating Japanese people, uh -huh. but also uh, East East Asian people in general and Southeast Asian people too, is a lack of directness. Okay. Um, so, you know, if you're not paying attention, mm -hmm. um, then you're not going to pick up on some of those more subtle signals. Um, yeah, you wake up and your wife is gone with your kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think I'm not gonna I'm not gonna praise myself, but I think you know I've had quite a bit of experience working with you know as a teacher working with people from across the world. So I think I've I've had to make quite a lot of effort to be more in tune with people who are not necessarily going to. Um, express themselves directly all of the time mm -hmm. so i think that you know until now um you know i've just had to be more more direct myself to make sure that what i think she's thinking is what she's actually thinking mm, really? so that's not that's not really a negative but just something that challenge a difference. okay good what about you? What about me? Oh, you're turning it around on me now. <laughs> uh, what is the really good point of dating a Japanese person? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a level of uh, thoughtfulness and unselfishness that I really, I really appreciate. And um, it's kind of like a, a practicality in a way or a reliability. Uh, because I'm, I'm the kind of person who's, uh, you know, more, I guess, free and I don't, I don't plan well and I don't think in practical terms all the time. So yeah, I appreciate that, that counterbalance. So that's what I like. And I don't, I don't say all Japanese people are like that, but you know, mm. many are and it suits me. So if, if I had another person who was like, uh, you know, very, independent not independent that's the wrong word uh individualistic and thinking in those terms you know with me i think that would not work well so. bloody minded do you mean one more time Blo bloody minded is that what you mean yeah bloody minded <laughs> whatever that british like means 
So one final question for you then. Uh, when are you getting married? Whoa. <laughs> okay, and on that note, let's, uh, let's, bring things, let's bring things to a close. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm sure that uh, everybody's tired of listening to our male-centric opinions on this. So yeah. great, new, great news for everybody. Next week, we're going to have part two. We've got two lovely ladies joining us to share their opinions. Uh, to give us an alternate view to uh, East Asian women sharing their thoughts on dating Western men. Yeah. Uh, so, th thank you for listening today. Uh, you can find us uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Permanently Res, that's R-E-S. And you can find us uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Permanently Res. And if you've got a comment, query or insult, please email us at permanentlyres at gmail.com yeah send us an email we will we'll read it over to air here <laughs> all right see you guys next time all right thank you bye